Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning this week a very beautiful, deep, and powerful Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Basukos Teishvu. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse in the second day of the holiday of Sukkot, in the year Tavshin Chav Gimel, 59 years ago, the Rebbe went on to certify and edit this Chassidic discourse in honor of the holiday of Sukkot in the year Tavshin Nun Aleph, exactly 31 years ago. So again, the Chassidic discourse is based on the verse in the Torah where it says, Basukos Teishvu Shivas Yomim, where God is commanding the Jewish people to sit in the sukkah for seven days. And the verse continues, Kala Ezrach Yisrael Yeshu Basukos, every resident of the Jewish people shall sit in the sukkah. Leman Yedu Derisechem, so that future generations will know, Ki Basukos Eishavtis Pnei Yisrael, that I Hashem made Sukkos, Dwelling places, huts for the Jewish people, but see when I took you out of the land of Egypt. So the Rebbe brings from the Friedrich Rebbe, the previous Rebbe, an Chassidic discourse on this verse, which is part of a continuation of Chassidic discourses that started with the holiday of Rosh Hashanah in the year Tavshin Gimel, and he says as follows: the verse says, "Basukai which means Hashem. Uh, put the Bnei Yisrael in Sukkot. Hashem provided tents for the Jewish people. And then, the, but on the other hand, the commandment, Basukkah's Teshvu, is that God is commanding us, we should sit in the Sukkah. In other words, we should sit in the Sukkah that we're making. But nevertheless, what is it saying? The reason why we're sitting in the Sukkah is because Hashem provided Sukkahs for us. You know, since Hashem provided a Sukkah for us, that, therefore we should sit in the Sukkah. But the question is, Hashem provided a sukkah for us. The type of sukkah Hashem provided for us, only Hashem can provide for us such type of sukkah. As we know, the sukkah Hashem provided for us was the Ananiya Kavai, the clouds of glory. We can't make a sukkah out of the clouds of glory. Nevertheless, even though Hashem provided us those powerful sukkahs, the clouds of glory, we have the power and the ability to make our huts that we make, however we make it, uh, different forms, how people make it, different materials, that we have the power to make that type of sukkah. So the Rebbe explains what is the, what is the previous Rebbe trying to bring out. And he says as follows, two points. Since the verse says, Hashem put the Bnei Yisrael on a sukkah, which only Hashem could do. So how could we compare to God? God put us in a sukkah. Clouds of how can we compare to God? That's point number one he's trying to bring up. What's our what's our our, our our comparison to God? That we're making a sukkah because God made. God is God. We're finite. Point number two is what does the verse say? What's the reason that Basukas Teshu knows we should sit in a sukkah? Because God put us in a sukkah. In other words, in order for us to sit in the sukkah, it's not because we're doing it, even though technically we're going to do our part, but if we're doing it with the, with the power and the ability that God gives us. But nevertheless, after Hashem put us in the sukkah, when He took us out of Egypt, we still have the power to sit in the sukkah and make a sukkah on our own. You know, seemingly it's connected, but then we're saying, no, even though Hashem did it then, we have the power to take, do it ourselves. So the Rebbe brings from the, previ- from the previous Rebbe in that Hasidic discourse where he explains as follows. What happens on Sukkot on a spiritual level? So what happens in Sukkot on a spiritual level is that in the Sukkot there's something which is called Oireis Makifim. Powerful lights 
which are normally makif. Makif means we don't have the power to internalize it. It's something which is it only hovers over us. We cannot internalize it because it's so powerful. So in sukkah, when you sit in the sukkah, you're actually drawing in the powerful light, which is normally only hovering over us. We cannot internalize it. But by sitting in the sukkah, we're able to draw in that powerful light, which is called makif in Hebrew, which means it hovers over us. And we're actually able to draw it within us, the pneumius, internally. We're able to connect to it in a personal way. And not only that, but since it's very powerful light, so normally it's like, it's, 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 it's possibly drama and chaos when we, we connect to it. But here, this powerful light comes into us. In the Hebrew world, a word is called misyashim, in a very, very calm and peaceful way. So think about this. The, the, the Friedrich Rebbe is saying is that what happens on Sukkot, this powerful oymakif, we're able to internalize and in a very calm and peaceful way. We're able to connect to it and enjoy enjoy it and, and benefit from it and, and relate to it. And so how do we do that? So the Friedrich Rebbe explains that that's why it says, we should sit in the circle, which means we should internalize this powerful light and we should enjoy it and appreciate it. How does it happen? That happens through, as a gift from Hashem from above. Hashem makes it possible. Why? Why do we need Hashem to make it possible? Because this powerful light, which is called Makif, the way, the way it's on its own, it's impossible to internalize it. But in order for Batsukai's taste, we should be able to take the powerful light, this Makif light, and internalize it by sitting in the sukkah. And we're able to take this powerful Makif light and make it personalized. And not only that, we're able to, we're able to internalize it, but it's calm. It's peaceful. It's something we, we, can, we can connect to and, re- and appreciate. How do we do that? So the verse says, Because Basukah is a shafti. Now since Hashem already put us in the sukkah, not only physically put us in the sukkah, Hashem already allowed the opportunity for us to internalize it. So when we do our part, we're able to internalize it. Now because of Basukah is a shafti, which in Hebrew it's called, Isarus al which means Hashem gave us a gift. And the gift Hashem gave us is that He made us ready and we're able to receive this powerful light in an internalized way. Now, but this is the verse says, Basukah is Teishru. And what does that mean, Basukah is Teishru? That everybody, all the Jewish people, have the power to internalize this makib into an internalized way on our own. And it was like this, because Hashem put us in a sukkah, which means he allowed us the ability to internalize that, that light in a way from a gift from above, which is called in the Kabbalistic language, when Hashem did that was so that when we sit in the sukkah on our own accord, we build the sukkah, we make the sukkah, we make the blessings and all the meditation. So we, one hand, we're doing our part, but the reason why we're able to be so successful with our endeavor, that's because Hashem already pre-emptied it and Hashem made it ready that when we do our part, we're able to receive this powerful light and powerful uh, gift. Okay, so, so far the Rebbe brings this from the previous Rebbe in this powerful Hasidic discourse. Now, the Rebbe goes on to say as follows. Even when we sit in the sukkah, knows now, on our own, there's two components. One at hand, the Torah says, Basukah is teishu. We should sit in the sukkah. That's the command from God. But the verse also says, Chala Ezrach Yisrael Every resident of the Jewish people should sit in the sukkah. Two different components. 
you should sit in the sukkah, and then it says, What's the two? What's the two different uh, two different instructions? Obviously, we know the Torah has no extra words, no extra letters, no extra statements. So obviously, there's two different things that are taking place. What's the difference between Basukas Teishru, where God is telling us to sit in the sukkah, and Kol Ezra Yisrael Yeshua seemingly saying the same thing, and explains as follows. Basukas Teishru, when God says Basukas Teishru, you should sit in the sukkah, that's a command. God is instructing us, sukkah is coming, Basukas Teishru Shibas Yomim. You have a command, an instruction, to sit in the sukkah for seven days. Yeshu basukos is already not a command. It's telling you like a story, something that's happening. You're sitting in the sukkah. So again, as the way Deborah explains, is basukos teishu. That's the command to sit in the sukkah. B'chala ezra Yisrael. You know what everyone does? Everyone sits in the sukkah, telling you a story, news of what happens to the Jewish people on the holiday sukkah that we sit in the sukkah. That's one difference between basukos teishu and kol ezra Yisrael. Now Deborah explains another difference. Between Basukas Teishru and Kola Ezra. Basukas Teishru Shivas Yamim, the Rebbe says, is a command, but it's a command to everybody. Everybody's commanded to sit in the sukkah. On the other hand, the second half, Kola Ezra Geshu, where it's talking about a story of what's happening. And as we're sitting on our own, we don't need a commandment for it. That's only someone that's an Ezra Yisrael. Now, Ezrach is an interesting word. What is Ezrach? We'll soon learn Kabbalistic what Ezrach means. So the Rebbe is dividing into two. But Sukkot Teishu, again, point number one is it's a commandment. And it's a commandment to everybody. Chala Ezrach Yisrael, which we'll soon have to explain what Ezrach is, is referring to what we do. We sit in the Sukkah. Not as a commandment, but uh, as a happening of what we do. And that applies to who? Only to someone that's an Ezrach. Wow, what's an Ezrach? So he explains, the Friedrich explains in the Hasidic Discourse, that when it comes to Makif, as we said before, Makif is the powerful light we cannot internalize normally. There's two levels of Makif. There's something which is called Makif HaKaroiv, a something which hovers over you which is close, and Makif HaRachoik, something that hovers over you which is a little further. So for a simple example, a garment that you're wearing that's Makif HaKaroiv, that's close to you. Makif HaRachaik will be, for example, a house. It also is a harvest over you, but it's much further than you. But it's just a muscle, an analogy. But in, in Kabbalistic terms, there's Makif HaKarit, there's a powerful light which is close to you. You can relate, but still further than you. And then there's Makif HaRachaik, it's a very, very, very stronger powerful light. It's even much, much further, much more powerful. Now, so based on this, Rebbe explains like this. So again, there's two different levels of Makif. Makif HaKarit, Makif HaRachaik. And the two components of the command of the verse where it says Basukas Teishru and Yeshru Basukais is a reference for the two levels of Makif Akarev and Makif Arochik. In other words, like this. When it says Basukais Teishru, which we already explained, is a command and it applies to everybody, that's referring to Makif Akarev. That means everybody's commanded to internalize this Makif, which is closer to be internalized. And it's aid to everybody, and it's a command. Yeshu basukah is to sit in the sukkah, which is talking about what's happening, and it's not a command to everybody, only someone that's an Ezrach, which again, we will still soon explain what an Ezrach is. That is referring to drawing in, not only from Makiv HaKarei, but even drawing in from the higher level of Makiv HaRochik. So based on this, Jeremy explains very powerfully, and he says as follows. 
So when it comes to Yeshu Vasukas, what are we talking about? We're talking at the higher level, the level of Makif Harachik. And this powerful level of Makif Harachik, this powerful light, which is much further, much stronger, much more powerful, which we can't even, it's not even close to us internalizing it. So when it comes to that level, it says, Kala Ezrach Yisrael. Every Ezrach, again, which we'll soon explain what Ezrach means. What is Ezrach? We have to explain it. Ezrach B Yisrael can internalize it. Who's the Ezrach? So the Ezrach B Yisrael, the Friedeker explains, Ezrach B Yisrael is referring to the Etzem Haneshama, key component of this discourse, the essence of our soul. What does that mean, the essence of our soul? So we know the soul has five levels. Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chai, Yechida, five levels. We're talking even deeper. We're talking the essence of our soul. And the essence of our soul, which the source of the essence of our soul, is in Atmos, the essence of a God. The essence of our soul, which is connected to the essence of a God, that's Ezra. So when it says, Kala Ezra be Yisrael, every Ezra, what are we referring to? We're referring to the essence of our soul that's sitting in the sukkah, that's connected to the essence of the infinite light of Hashem. And so what does that mean, call it Ezrach B'Yisrael, Yeshua Sukkos, that the essence of our soul is, they draw in Makif HaRochoik, not only Makif HaKarev, Makif which is even much stronger, much more powerful, much more higher than even the thought of internalizing it. And that we draw into ourselves into the sukkah, into our, the essence of our soul. And based on this, Rebbe explains very powerfully. That's why <clears throat> when it says Yeshu Vasukos, Kola Ezrach, the es- essence of our soul, which is sitting in the sukkah, which means you're drawing in from Makkah Barachaik, what did we say before? Yeshu Vasukos is not a command. Vasukos Teshvu, when it comes to Makkah Karoiv, that's a command. You got it. Come on, let's go. Push it. Internalize it. It's makif, but it's karev, it's close. But when it comes to Yeshu Vasukas, we're referring to the essence of our soul, pulling it from makif harachaik, you can't command that. It's just saying of, of those that are successful at it. Why? Because where can you command somebody? You can command somebody only with the level of the soul which is connected to the body. The person can, can connect to it. The person has the power to accomplish it. However, from this soul which is so deep, and especially the essence of a soul, you can't command someone. Either the person's plugged in, or they're not plugged in. You can't force someone to do something which is beyond their reach. I mean, it's reachable, obviously, but it's not something which is easily reachable. So you can command someone to do something a little more than they normally would do. But to totally push them what they're not ready for, you can't command them to do it. In other words, when it comes to Yeshu Basukos, that the essence of our soul draws in, in a way of internalizing Yeshu, it's internalized, what? Makif HaRachaik, you can't command that. That's something which comes when you connect to the infinite light. We can achieve it 100%, but command we can't. And he explains in the Hasidic Discourse that that's why Kala Ezrach Yisrael, every Ezrach, again, referring to the essence of our soul, Yeshu HaSukah sits in the Sukkah, and that's the reason of Basukas Teshu, because the verse says Basukas Teshu, you should sit for seven days, and then it says Kala Ezrach. The reason why and how we can sit in the sukkah, we can even draw in the Makav Akarev, that's because of the essence of our soul that allows us the ability to draw in the Makav Akarev as well. In other words, the power that we have Basukas Teshu, 
that we're commanded, everyone's commanded, to draw in Makiv HaKoroiv, the, the Makiv which is closer to us, and the reason we're able to accomplish that, that's because the essence of our soul, the essence of the Jewish people, is connected to the essence of the infinite Hashem, Makiv HaRochoik, and that allows, that allows Basukas Teishu. So everybody asks a simple question, one second. What are we saying now? That the reason why we're able to Basukasteshu draw in Makavah Korev into us is because of Kal Ezra, we saw the essence of our soul, which is, and, which is connected to the essence of Hashem. But the, the fact is, the verse says that the reason why Basukasteshu, not because of Kal Ezra, we saw, it says because Kibasukas is Shafti, because I, Hashem, allowed you to sit in the sukkah. So why do we have to come on to another reason, call it every soul, because we have to bring it from the essence of our soul. This verse says clearly it's because Hashem allowed us to sit in the sukkah. So Jeb is going to explain this as follows. And he gives an introduction. It's a deep introduction, so relax or actually get into it because it's going to be deep. And Jeb says as follows. What happens on sukkahs? On sukkahs, we draw in from makif, again, we're commanded, every one of us, to join Makif HaKarev into ourselves. The Pneumius, the Yashvas, internally, and where it's calm. And then those that have the, want to get, you know, do some serious soul searching, and you go to the essence of your soul, you can actually draw in the Makif HaRochoik, the Pneumius. That's what happens on Sukkot. So now, let's analyze this whole idea of Oyres Makifim, this powerful light that we can't internalize normally. Oyris Makifim by default, what does it mean it's Makif? It's too powerful, we can't internalize it. It's too much for us to comprehend and, and connect to and, and, and relate to. No, it's not possible to internalize it. It's not possible if it comes within us for us to be kind. So now, what happens on Sukkot? What are we saying? On Sukkot, you sit in the Sukkot and you're able to draw in Makif HaKarev, everybody. Bipnimiyas, Bisyashvas, and the Ezrach Yisrael, the essence of our soul. We're able to draw in even the Makam HaRachayik. So, if it's so powerful, you would obviously explode spiritually. So, obviously, so what's happening now? You're actually diluting and you're changing the Makif, Darius Makifim. Because by deep, what does it mean, Marius Makifim? It hovers over. If it's internalized, it's not hovering over anymore. Now it's internalized. Now, if it's internalized, so then you're transforming, you're changing the Arias Makifim. It's not called Arias Makif anymore. Not only that, take it a step further. What does it say in the Chassidic Discourse? That when a person sits in the sukkah, you're drawing in what? Arias Makifim. And where are you drawing it into? Bipremius. It's internalized. And it actually becomes, the, the language that the, the, the Friedrich uses, it becomes light, which is actually calm and peaceful. It doesn't say you're drawing in the earth's makif, the earth's makif stay a makif, and, and how, how miraculously, even though they're makif, they get internalized and they become calm. It says, no, 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 it actually becomes premius. It actually gets, it gets, gets refined where it's, where, it's, where, it's, where it's actually calm. In other words, so what Friedrich is saying is that the transformation that takes place when we sit in the sukkah affects the oyer. The oyer itself that was makif now becomes primis, now becomes a sashwas. It literally transforms the light. In other words, like this. Besides the fact that we're sitting in the sukkah, we're drawing in the oyer makif, whether it's makif akarayv for everyone or makif harachayv for the Ezra Yisrael, which is the essence of our soul, and we draw it in in a way that's primis internalized and it's calm. 
But we're saying is that even the light itself, this powerful makif light gets changed. Where it literally becomes a light that's, that's internalized and calm. So the question is, how is it possible that through our work, spiritual work, sitting in the sukkah, we can literally change the light? We can change the godly light? How are we doing that? <clears throat> Another thing this. To take it a step further. What does the verse say? Every Ezrach, which is referring to on a simple level, every resident of the Jewish people, literally sitting in the sukkah. What does that mean? We're not talking about the soul comes in without the body. We're talking about an Ezrach, a resident. His soul is in his body. Is sitting where physically in the sukkah. It's not an out-of-body experience. The soul with the body is sitting in the sukkah. Now, we also know that every time you have different insights in the same verse, there's a connection. So in other words, what did we just say? By sitting in the sukkah, we're drawing in makif akarov, we're drawing in makif harachoik, and how are we doing it? Not by an out-of-body spiritual experience, by literally by physically sitting in the sukkah. So what are we saying? That like by, by a person physically going in with his soul and his body into the sukkah, you're drawing in Makkah Bakarov, and you're drawing Makkah Bakarov, and you're changing not only Makkah Bakarov, you're changing the most powerful lights. How do you do that? And it goes on to explain a step further. What's the, what's the question? Why? Because we know <coughs> it's brought down many places, it says, based on the verse in the prophets, uh, with this famous story with uh, King, King Shaul and, 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 and the prophet Samuel. Um, so so uh, Prophet Samuel said, a reference to God, Ki loy adam hu God is loy adam hu God is not like man where he'll change his mind and he can, you, can, you can trick him and so on and so forth. Ki loy adam hu He's not a God that you're going to go ahead and change him, manipulate him, etc. In other words, someone that can be, you can change someone's mind and you can get them to have you know, re- regret and remorse and to change things, that's only by a, by a person. A person could change. Today he wants this, tomorrow he wants something else, yesterday he wanted it, today he doesn't want it anymore. But in the level of loyodom, there's no changing. There's no, there's, no, there's no regret. There's no remorse. Humans, today like this, tomorrow like that, we change. God is infinite. There's no changing by God. Now, what's the reason? What's the reason why there's no changing by God? Very simple. Why do we change? Why do humans today like this and tomorrow like that? Why do we change our mind? Because change, where does change take place Kabbalistically? In your intellect. In other words, intellect is based on logic and reason. Not that you're confused. Intellect is based on logic and reason. There's a reason like this, and there's a reason like that. Everything, you can have reasons both ways. Now, a person is built of intellect and emotions. In other words, even our emotions are based on our intellect. So intellect, you can have a reason why today you want to go here, and tomorrow you want to go somewhere else. And you don't want to go to the other place, because intellect has different reasons. It's built on reason. You have a stronger reason here, so you're doing this. You have a stronger reason for that, you're doing that. Emotions are all based on the intellect. So if intellect changes, emotions are going to change. So when there's a change in intellect, 
the emotion change. However, when you're dealing with Ratzon, the will, which already wills above intellect, now, there's different levels in will. There's will that's connected to reason, but then there's, we're talking about the essence of will. No reason, just I want to do something. Because if it's based on reason, then if the reason changes, it's based on logic, then the will's going to change. We're talking about the, the source of the wanting is from wanting. Why? For no reason. And not even a reason that's hidden. The, again, there's different levels of wanting. But we're talking about the wanting of wanting, not because of intellect, not because of emotions, not because of a hidden reason. Somebody wants something. The expression here, the Shabbataiva, Fretnish Kankashas. Someone has a desire, you don't ask questions. We're talking about wanting, not even, not even desire, it's a different concept. But the point is, in the level of wanting, there's, there's no change. So the same thing also that I'm explaining as follows. Let's look in the Sfirot, in the 10th Sfirot in the world of Atzilut. And even in the in Chitsoyniya Sarkesar, which is the outer part of Kesar, which is Ratzoyn. So, so you have all the, all the Sfirois, signing Chachman down to Malchus, even the Chitsoyniya Sarkesar, which is Ratzoyn, which is connected to the Midois. That goes into the category of Adam, which means even in the world of Atzilut, in the Sfirois, and even Chitsoyniya Sarkesar, which is Chitsoyniya Sarkesar, you can change. However, when it comes to the internal part of Kesser, which means either Tainug or Ratzayim, the root of Ratzayim, without any reason, that's Loyadom. That's not part of the, the, the structure of the Sphiroids. And over there, there's no change. So based on that, that when it comes to Loyadom, there's no change. When it comes to Ratzayim, there's no change. So based on that, we have to understand what does it say in the Chassidic Discourse and we sit in the Sukkah, we're drawing in, in an internal way, Makif HaRachoyk. How can you change Makif HaRachoyk? Just like you can't change the internal Ratzon, you can't change Taina because it's in the level of Layadam. how are you changing Makif HaRachoyk? It's impossible. So Rabbi explains as follows. We're going to talk now about the idea of makif. What does makif mean? So pepnimius means something that you internalize, you can connect to, intellect, emotions, even certain levels of will. Makif is, for example, we use the example of rotsin, just will itself, which that you can't internalize, you can't give a reason for it. So when we say makif, you can't quantify it, and you can't internalize it, that's correct. Makif cannot be internalized. Makif cannot be calm. Makif cannot be something we can relate to. 100%. However, when you're referring to Atzmus Oyrein Soif, the essence of the infinite light of Hashem. Now, when you're dealing with the essence of the infinite light of Hashem, is there a difference between Makif and Pnimi? between it hovers over and it's internalized? No, because when you're dealing with the essence of the infinite light of Hashem, makif could be primi, and it's not a contradiction. When we're looking from our perspective, there's things we can internalize, intellect, emotions, and they change, etc. Makif doesn't change. But when you're talking about the essence of the infinite light, makif and primi is the same thing. And makif could be internalized. Again, it's hard for us to comprehend because we're finite people. We just explained that Makif cannot be changed. 
And that's correct. Because we explained that it can't be changed. But when you're dealing with the essence of the infinite line, it's not explaining. Over there, Makiv and Primi is the same thing. And Makiv could be internalized. So what happens when we sit in the sukkah, we're drawing in from Atmos Oyrein Soif. When we sit in the sukkah, what are we connecting to? The essence of the infinite light. Ah, once we connect to the essence of the infinite light, then even Oyr Makif, which normally, yeah, cannot be internalized. So guess what happens when you connect to the essence of the infinite light, even makif could be internalized and could be calm. Key, key component here, what we just learned. So again, key. Normally, makif cannot be internalized, 100% not. But when you connect to the essence of the infinite light, makif primi is the same thing, and makif could be internalized. And Rebbe is going to explain this now based on uh, 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 the verse in Psalms where it says, Tiku b'chodesh shoifer. We blow the shoifer, b'chodesh, beginning of the month, for Shoshanah. And the verse continues, b'kesa liyom chagenu. So, <clears throat> again, there's many, many commentaries that explain the verse different ways, but obviously we're going to explain the way it's explained according to Chassidus. So what does it mean, b'kesa liyom chagenu? that the components that take place on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, Bakesa, what happens on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is Bakesa, everything is concealed. But what happens on Sukkot, Liyayim Chagenu, then it becomes revealed. So again, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are powerful days, but it's concealed, we don't know what's going on. Hashem knows, but we don't. Liyayim Chagenu, and Sukkot comes along, everything gets revealed. So there's a game changer here. Well, Shani Yom Kippur, everything we do, powerful stuff, it's all concealed. However, when it comes to Sukkot, everything gets revealed. In other words, what does it mean practically? That the Avoidah, the spiritual work of Sukkot is, but Sukkot Teshvu, is to reveal, Teshvu, we reveal what happens in Shani Yom Kippur. How do we do that? How can you reveal? It's heavy stuff. Ah! That happens by drawing in from Atzmasari and Saif. So on Sukkot, we, we draw in from Atzmasari and Saif, and things which are normally concealed get revealed when? On, on Sukkot. Even things from Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. In other words, why we do our spiritual avoida of Basukkot Teshvu, which means practice. What does it mean Basukkot Teshvu? You have to know what you're doing now. So it means when you're going to the Sukkah, you're drawing in from Atzmus Oyrein Saif, from the essence of the infinite light of Hashem. What are we drawing in practically? We're drawing in practically in a revealed way from the truth of the repentance that we did in Yom Kippur. That we don't know what happened there. But guess what? On Sukkot, it gets all revealed. And because it all gets revealed, also the Oyris Makifim, the powerful Makif lights, becomes light, that becomes internalized, and becomes calm and peaceful. Now, so what the Rebbe says is like this. We know that when a person does spiritual work, which in Hebrew it's called Isarusa when you do your work, and by doing your work, we cause Isarusa Leila, a powerful light to come down to this world. So there has to be some kind, some kind of resemblance or connection. And it was like this. 
True, when we do our part, what Hashem gives us is way beyond more than we do. We do a little bit, Hashem gives us much more. But there has to be a relationship between what we do. Like, for example, you take a seed and you plant it in the ground. A tree comes out. It's insane. How does that happen? It's a miracle. But Hashem said, you plant a seed, you're going to get a tree. Obviously, if the water is the sun, etc. But the question is like this. When you plant a seed, what kind of tree comes out? So it depends what kind of seed you planted. Based on the type of seed, that's what you're going to get out. So there, was, there has to be some kind of connection between the seed and the planting that comes out. So based on this, Rebbe says like this. That when we do our avoidal, what kind of avoidal? Basukas teishvu. And we're connecting to Atzmasar and Saif, and that's causing everything to get revealed in the Sukkah. So when we're doing Basukas Teishvu, what are we causing to happen? That Hashem is changing the laws of nature that Makif, the Oyer Makif, Makif Akarev, Makarev gets internalized. It's a change, so to speak. That Makif and Primi is the same thing, and it gets internalized, but it's still a change. Because normally Makif doesn't get internalized. So we're causing a change. So therefore, when we're doing our avoid of that there causes a change. Again, that the Oyer's Makif can get internalized because the work of Basukas Teishvu also has a connection with change. In other words, when we do our avoid of Basukasteshu that causes the change, there must be a change in our avoid of Basukasteshu. What's our so the question is, what's our change that we're doing which is causing the change that Makif should become a panemius? So the Rebbe explains it as follows. And he says like this. What's the reason why, on a simple level, that when a person does chuva, when a person repents, so you fix everything you did wrong, you did something wrong. And you do tshuva, I'm sorry, whatever the qualification of tshuva is pending on what you did wrong, everything gets, gets fixed. Why is that? What, why should, if you did something wrong, why should when you do tshuva, you return to Hashem, does everything get fixed? Why? Why is that? So the Rebbe explains, very simple. Because when a person does tshuva, the person changed. It's not the same person. And you literally become a metzias chadasha. When a person does tshuva means I'm a new person. I'm not that person that sinned. Someone else in the past sinned. Not that I'm shaking responsibility. I'm a new person. This new person has no connection with sinning. So you're changing. And there are quotes in the Rambam. The Rambam writes like this. When a person does tshuva, what does he say? He says it, he acts it. I'm a different person. I'm not that person. Those actions. That's, in general, simple tshuva. I'm not the same person as before. About tshuva, someone is not the same person that did, that, 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 that did the things before. And he explains like this. <clears throat> when you're dealing with a baltshuva, baltshuva means he did something wrong, he acknowledges it, and he does tshuva, and he's not the same person. However, when it comes to a tzaddik, a righteous person, and let's say a righteous person also sinned, not a, he also sinned, and he has to do tshuva. So he's also changing from what he did before, as the expression of surimikhan, I'm leaving from my mistakes, I'm going to a new place. But the question is like this, when a tzaddik does something wrong, what was his intent? The intent of a tzaddik is, he wants to do the key word, kainam, a tzaddik wants to do the will of Hashem. Okay, he made a mistake. He didn't do what Hashem wanted. But a tzaddik wants to do the will of Hashem. 
And what happened is since the tzaddik wants to do the will of Hashem, and if he made a mistake, Hashem wants obviously the ability the tzaddik get back in the, on, on track. So therefore, Hashem gave the tzaddik an opportunity to do tshuva. So therefore, so before the tzaddik sinned, there was room that if you mess up, you can do tshuva. So another like this. At Tzaddik, his intent is to do the right thing. He tries to do the right thing. He messes up. Hashem already said, by the way, you can still do tshuva. He, and Hashem already beforehand said, if you mess up, don't worry, you can do tshuva. And then the person that the Tzaddik does tshuva. So the Tzaddik, the plan was he should do right things. He makes a mistake. The plan was when you make a mistake, you repent. And he goes back and he does the right thing. That's not a real bal tshuva. That's a mistake that got fixed. And the, even when he did the mistake, he didn't want to do the mistake. However, a Baal is somebody, a literal Baal before he repented, he didn't do the will of Hashem. A Baal is somebody, a real Baal he Lechatchila did not do the will of Hashem. Because he went ahead and he sinned, not by accident. A Tzaddik sinned by accident. A Baal is somebody that, no, they sinned intentionally. Whatever the sin was, he didn't do the positive commandments he was supposed to, or transgress the negative, he intentionally did not want to do what Hashem wanted. So the fact that he does tshuva after is when he intentionally didn't want to do what he want, what Hashem wanted. That's not the same path as before. A real tshuva, he's becoming a new person now. Because before he sinned, he did not want to do what Hashem wanted. And he didn't do what Hashem wanted. And then voila, one day he's doing what Hashem wants. A new person. A tzaddik is the same person. A tzaddik always wanted to do what Hashem wanted, he made a mistake, and he's back to doing what Hashem wanted. And even before he made the mistake, there was already a path for tshuva. Same person. About tshuva, no, before he didn't want to listen, and now he, now he wants to listen. In other words, what does that mean? Let's take it a step further. When about tshuva does tshuva, it's a new person. Not only is it a new person from the about tshuva perspective, but there it goes a step further. Even from Hashem's perspective, there's something new. In other words, even from Hashem's plan and from Hashem's intent, there's something new. Why? And it explains like this. When Hashem originally created the world, what was Hashem's plan? To create people that don't listen to Him? No, He wanted to create people that listen to Him. He gave us free choice so we can have freedom of choice. But Hashem's intention was we should listen to him. We should fulfill all the 630 commandments, do 48 positive, 365 negative. That was the intent. Okay, he knew we're human, so we're going to slip up. So he gave us the ability to do juva. But there was never the intent that we should totally rebel. No, we're not listening to you. That was not the intent. The intent was we should be tzaddikim. We should listen to Hashem. Yes, we're human. We're going to make mistakes. And human make mistakes, there was room for tshuva. And like, there brings the famous uh, Medrash that says, when Hashem wanted to create the world, nimlach, so it says, who did he consult with that he's going to create the world? What was his vision? With the souls of Tzaddikim. In other words, what does that mean, Tzaddikim? That we were going to behave. Yeah, we're human, so we're going to slip up. But the, soul, the goal was that we were going to behave. And we slip, and we're human, we're going to slip up, and we're going to come back and do the right thing. So what happens when a Tzaddik...
when a tzaddik goes ahead and makes a mistake, nothing, that was the plan. He was going to make a mistake and come back and continue. On the other hand, when someone goes ahead and sins, rebels against Hashem, uh, which was not the original intent. The original intent of Hashem was that we should be tzaddikim. And then all of a sudden we wake up, we're doing tshuva, we're returning, Hashem, we're returning to you. So there comes a new light that was not in the intention of the creation. It was the intention of the creation was everyone should be tzaddikim, which means everyone should try to do what Hashem wants. Okay, we're human, we slip up, and then we come back. The intent was not to totally rebel against Hashem, but when someone totally rebels against Hashem and they return, that's a whole different level that was not in the original plan of Hashem. Now, the question is, one second. When Hashem originally planned, B'min Nimlach, His initial design of the world was Tzadikim. Tzadikim means we're going to do the right thing and we slip up, we're going to do tshuva. When someone goes ahead and rebels against Hashem intentionally, how do they have the power to do tshuva? It wasn't, the, they, what are they connecting to? And the Rebbe explains there's something so powerful, and this is, this is huge. Because the truth is, the source of our soul is connected to Atmos Oyrein Soif. The source of our soul is connected to the essence of the infinite light, which is higher than the source of Hashem that had a plan of being Minimlach that we should be Tzaddikim. In other words, let's explain because it's very, very important. What Jeremiah is saying is like this. When initially Hashem decided he was going to create the world, what, what part of Hashem decided he was going to create the world? The part of Nimlach. Hashem had a vision, we're going to create righteous people, obviously freedom of choice, yes, you're going to slip up, but then you're going to come back. There was never a plan to create the world for wicked people. But everyone that Hashem created has a source deeper than the plan of Hashem was creating the world for righteous people. What is the source that we all have in atmosphere and life, the essence of Hashem, which is higher than the source of creating a world of righteous people? So when a person sins, could you connect to Bimi Nimlach and the source that Hashem planned to create a world of righteous people that are going to slip up a little? Literally, no, because you 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 went above that, you blew that. You blew Hashem's plan. So you have to go back to the deeper source. And the deeper source is the atmosphere inside of the essence of the infinite light of Hashem. And that's why when a person does tshuva, when a person repents from literally rebelling against Hashem, the person totally changes. And the person becomes a total new person. Not a person that was in the original design of Minimlach that Hashem had a plan for, for righteous people which is a totally new idea which is and the person is new nothing to do with this for, with, the, with, the, with the original person so how does he do that because when a person does tshuva from rebelling against Hashem you're drawing in the essence of your soul the way your soul is connected into atmos the essence of the infinite life of Hashem and when you're dealing with the essence of the soul there's no difference of before the tshuva and after the tshuva. It's not about sinning and not sinning. It's not about doing the right thing and wrong thing. You're connecting to a deeper place.
And that's really the power of tshuva. The power of tshuva is that every one of us have a place in in our soul that's connected to the essence of the infinite light of Hashem, which is not about doing and not doing right and wrong. It's about connecting to the infinite of Hashem, and that's the real power of Baal Shuva. A Baal Shuva connects to the essence of a soul, which connects to the essence of the infinite light of Hashem. Versus a tzaddik is only connecting to the external part, which is connecting to the part of Lach that Hashem wanted a world of righteous people. So based on this, Rebbe explains an extra explanation that by doing the avoidah, which what did we already learn? What is Basukos? It's revealing of what took place on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. So what took was revealing the repentance of Yom Kippur. So what happens then? By doing the Avoid of Basukos which again is revealing what did in Yom Kippur, what do we do? We change the Oiris Makifim. That the Oiris Makifim become ones that are internalized. Why? Because when a person <coughs> connects his essence of his soul through tshuva, through repentance, what are you what are you revealing? That a person's really connected to the infinite light of Hashem, the atmosphere in safe. In other words, what your person is doing is the person is actually changing themselves. So tshuva on the deepest level, you're actually changing yourself. You're changing yourself to connect to the essence of your soul, which is connected to the essence of the infinite light of Hashem. So therefore the revelation of drawing in the essence of the infinite light of Hashem on Sukkot, which is the revelation of Yom Kippur, is connected to change. It's all about change. About Shuvah is all about change. He's changing from before. That the, the Iris Makifim, the powerful light of Makiv, Chains to become internalized. Again, just to recap, what they're saying is that since what are we ta- what's happening on what's happening on, on, on Sukkot? We're drawing in makif internalized. I, it's not that so because we're connecting the, to the essence of the infinite light of Hashem. So the Rebbe says, what do you mean? That you have to do some kind of avoider that's related to that. And so the Rebbe says, yes, you know what the avoider is? Tshuva. Because when we do tshuva, real about tshuva, you're actually real change. A tzaddik is not real change. About tshuva is real change. When you do the real change, then you cause to bring in the atmosphere inside what actually changes Eresh Makifim. So here you see the tremendous power of about tshuva. The power of about tshuva is that we change. And we change, we connect to the infinite light, and we connect to the infinite light, we're drawing the infinite light, which causes change in Oryus Makifan and in Sukkot, we can actually draw that light into the Primius Ambis Yashvas. Now, there goes on further to say as follows. <clears throat> what did we just learn? We learned something very, very powerful and very, very deep. We have the external part of our soul, Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chai, Yechida, and then you have the essence of our soul, which is connected to the essence of the infinite light of Hashem. And we explained before, it's higher than the level of the part of Hashem that he decided he wanted to have a world with tzaddikim, righteous people that would also possibly slip up. And how do, you, how do we connect? Through tshuva. So the Rebbe says there's two levels. There's two components to it. One is... By, by doing tshuva, by repenting, because repenting is reflects change. And the second is by the cause that's causing us to do, that's causing us to repent. And never explains as follows. When a person goes ahead and does something wrong, someone sins against God. 
And then you decide you want to do tshuva, you want to return, you want to repent. Why are you doing that? So what did we just learn? Because the source of the essence of our soul that wants to do tshuva is connected to atzmos, the essence of the infinite light of Hashem, which is higher than the component of Hashem that Nimlach, he decided he wanted to have a world of tzaddik and righteous people that would possibly also uh, slip up. In other words, if you look at the source of the soul that's connected to the part of Hashem of Benin Nimlach, that Hashem chose to create a world of souls of tzaddik and righteous people, and again, it doesn't mean purely righteous. Righteous means they're going to want to do the will of Hashem, and yeah, we slip up and we're going to straighten it out. But when a person goes ahead and sins, and he makes a, create, creates a, a, a defect, so to speak, in other words, you're doing opposite of me, Nimlach, Hashem wanted to have a perfect world. So what happens then is when a person sins, you're, you're disconnecting from the source. Which source? The source of me, Nimlach. So when a person sins, rebels against Hashem, you're disconnecting yourself from the source of me, Nimlach, the lower level of the source. It's pretty high, but it's the lower level of the source. What happens after the person repents and does tshuva and you change yourself? No, now, you know what? I don't want to sin. I don't want to disconnect. I want to reconnect. How do I, how do I reconnect? I, I disconnected from that source because you're revealing the source of the essence of your soul, which is connected to even a higher level in Hashem, Atzmaser which is higher than Minimlach. Now, so that's what happens when a person does tshuva. Take a step further. What happens like this? What's the cause that someone should be inspired to do tshuva? If you got disconnected from the Nimlach, true, when you do tshuva, you're connecting to a higher source. That's what happens in tshuva. But what's causing you to do tshuva? And Rebbe explains like this. We're not talking about the cause. Not the, before we explain what, what tshuva is. Tshuva is you, you disconnect from the lower level, you're connecting to a higher level. But the question is what causes you to do tshuva? You already got disconnected. And Rebbe explains because Nikudas Hayados, in Yiddish is called the Pintal Yid, the essence of our Judaism is always complete. Now we're going a step further. In the first level, when you did Shuvah, you got disconnected, unfortunately, from Minim Lach, and you reconnected to a higher level. Here the Rebbe is saying, what's the reason why a person does Shuvah? Why? Because the 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 kudas hayadas, the Jew, the soul is always complete, always complete. And when a person goes ahead and is awakened to do tshuva, and he awakens that inner soul of his, which never got disconnected, and never will be, and never could be disconnected, our connection with Hashem is internal. Eternal will never be disconnected, but unfortunately, it's dormant. But when you connect to it, the person I don't want to be disconnected, I don't want to be disconnected from Hashem. So, what inspires us to do tshuva is when we connect to the essence of our soul that the essence of was never disconnected, and the analogy was never doesn't want to be disconnected, and because it was never disconnected and it doesn't want to be disconnected, right away, does tshuva. So, the cause for the tshuva is. Because you connect to the essence of the soul that was never disconnected and doesn't want to be disconnected. And this, that the, the essence of our soul is always complete, that knows, what does that mean? Even when a person is sinning, the neshama, the essence of your soul is faithful to God, is connected to God. Why? Because 
how can it be connected? If you're sinning against God, how can you say the soul is connected? And the answer is, because the connection of the soul in God is a atzmiyistic connection. It's an essential connection. You can never sever that relationship. Which, that connection is connected higher than Torah mitzvahs in the level of B'minim Lach. So what I was never saying is like this. A person does tshuva. What does it mean you did tshuva? You got disconnected, unfortunately, from B'minim Lach. And now you're reconnecting to what? To the higher level of Atzim Sari and Saif. You ever say, no, no, a step further. What's the reason why you're able to do tshuva? Because you never were disconnected. The essence of the soul is never disconnected. Even while you're sinning, you're connected. And when you can reconnect to the essence of your soul, you say, I don't want to be disconnected. And that's what fires you up to do tshuva. And others like this. And they're explaining as follows. The difference between these two components. In other words, the, the, that when you reveal the essence of the soul, after the person sins and he returns to Hashem, so according to the first co- component is, when a person sins, yeah, you get disconnected from God. And if you have to do tshuva, and we explained already, you get disconnected from the lower level, minimlach. But why, why, why are you able to, to, to reconnect? Because since the source of the soul is an atmosphere in saif, which is higher of minimlach, so what happens is the disconnect by doing a sin is only chitzonius. It's only an external connection. But mean you got disconnected from the chitzonius connection of, of minimlach, but the premius connection never got disconnected, and therefore you can do tshuva through revealing the, the, the premius. Now, so that is the actual tshuva. But, <clears throat> but the revelation of the essence of the soul, which is the cause that causes you to do tshuva, is a step deeper and much more powerful. That by sinning, what we say before, you got disconnected. No, no, no. If you look at the essence of the soul, you never got disconnected. And there's nothing weakening and nothing changed in the relationship. The essential relationship, nothing changed. The essence of our soul is always connected with Hashem. And even while a person, God forbid, is sinning, 100% connected to Hashem, true 100% faith. <clears throat> like Dervis says, he quotes that, like we explained before in a, in a previous Chassidic discourse um, uh, in, Tush, in the year Tashan Gimel, the name of the Chassidic is called Chal Adam Loyia, which we actually have a class on it um, on YouTube. That he explains like this: that the atonement which happens by drawing into the essence of the infinite light of Hashem, which is the Baal Harotzai, which means he is the owner of the will, the one that wanted we should learn and pray and do this and don't do that, that <clears throat> it's in a way that when a person sinned, you create a blemish. But that's when you're connecting to the lower level. You know, so, uh, the Atmosphere of is the owner of the Rots and he's connected to the will. But when you're connecting to the iron soif, which is the Balarachan, which means he's not the owner, not because he's the owner and that's his will, but he's not limited and he's not doesn't he doesn't have to go with the will. Then everything gets everything gets 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 wiped away. That was the second level we learned that Chassidic Dose course. But what happens is the atonement that takes place from the essence of the Damian Kipper. It's not that Hashem, you did something wrong and Hashem has to create atonement. But what happens in Yom Kippur is, what gets revealed is, our connection of the essence of our soul with the essence of Hashem. 
higher than Baal HaRatzin on the two levels. And on that level, there's no sin to begin with. So what happens in Yom Kippur, and again, this is in short, we explained at length in the previous discourse, B'chaladom, that on Yom Kippur what happens is we connect to the essence of the infinite light and over there there's no sin to begin with. And when you connect in that level, everything is great, everything is amazing. So based on this, Rebbe explains something very, very powerful and he says like this. What we learn, that in Yom Kippur, the essence of the day brings atonement. But we know it brings atonement to who? People that return to Hashem. That's when Yom Kippur brings atonement, but you have to return. Why do you have to return? If the essence day brings atonement, it's magic, why do you have to return to Hashem? So the Rebbe explains, because, yeah, the essence of the day, Hajra brings atonement. But in order to draw down that energy of the essence of the day, which is basically the revealing, the connection, the our essential connection with the essence of our soul, with the essence of Hashem, you have to do something about it. For example, the Rebbe gives an example, like we know in Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, we're crowning God as the king. God is going to be the king on Rosh Hashanah. But it's our job to do our part, to crown God as the king. In other words, like this. What is the cause that causes somebody to connect our essential connection with the essence of Hashem? That's by doing tshuva. So when a person does tshuva, that's how you draw down in Tzum by doing tshuva, that's the cause that unites the glue between, that reveals the, the, reveals the essence of our soul and the essence of Hashem. So now the Rebbe is going to explain this, obviously, in more detail and more uh, depth and more clarity. So he explains like this. <clears throat> he explains it with an introduction based on what was explained before in a different discourse from the Rebbe called Yifchar Lanu. This is actually a three-part series, this, this discourse from the Rebbe. He explains like this that what happens on Rosh Hashanah, we blow, we blow the shoifer. And what happens when we blow the shoifer? By proclaiming God as our king. So the Rebbe says there's three things that take place when you blow the shoifer on Rosh Hashanah. Three things. What are the three things? One is we know that when you blow the shoifer on Rosh Hashanah, the goal is to, to make God as our king. But number one is, by blowing the shoifer, you're fulfilling the mitzvah of blowing the shoifer. Blowing the shofar, you're fulfilling the mitzvah of blowing the shofar. What does that mean? That's called, as we, we explained in Kabbalah, we're doing our part, which causes and brings down the will for Hashem to be king over us. So the first component of Hashem is we blow the shofar. That's our part that causes the will of Hashem to be, to be the king over us. That's point number one. What's the second thing that happens on Hashem we blow the shofar? When you blow the shofar, it's truva. It's repentance. And when a person does, when a person repents, so you're drawing in not only from the revealed part of Hashem, the will of Hashem, but you're drawing in from the concealed part of the will of Hashem. Thought, in Hebrew it's called Ratzin HaMuchlet, a deep, a, deep, a deep will of Hashem. And even deeper, you're drawing in from the Ratzin HaMuchlet Batzmusay, the will of Hashem that he has deep within himself. But the goal is, by blowing the shofar, we're awakening, by doing tshuva of Shoshana, we're awakening the, the, the will of Hashem, it should be in a revealed way. That's the second level of, of shofar. So yeah, the first is the mitzvah, Hashem should be the king over us, which is the will, the revealed will. The second is the tshuva, which brings out the internal will of Hashem. And the third thing that we do is, bitl pnimi, which is basically internal acceptance from the, our essence of our soul. Our soul just wants to accept Hashem. 
And by doing that, we actually bring in the essence of Hashem. Now, so those are the three things that happen in Rosh Hashanah. And Rebbe explains like this. We know that when, what's the idea of Rosh Hashanah? To make God as a king. In Hebrew, it's called Binyan HaMalchus. We're building Malchus. We're building the, the component of kingdom. Now, that happens not only in Rosh Hashanah. It happens the whole, the whole ten days of Tshuva, which is the two days of Rosh Hashanah, the seven days in between, and the last day of Kippur, a total complete of ten days of Tshuva. So Rebbe explains like this. So, <clears throat> besides the fact that those three components happen on Rosh Hashanah, even on all the ten days of Tshuva it happens. Besides the avoid of Tshuva, the ten days of Tshuva. But we also do the avoid of, 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 of the essence of our soul. And that's why, since the avoid of the ten days of Tshuva is also working with the essence of our soul, so that's why what happens is we know that in the ten days of Tshuva we add a special prayer, a special psalm. The name of the psalm is called Shir HaMalot, a song of ascents, Mimamakim. From the depths. We call out to Hashem from the depths. Why? Because we want to reach the essence of our soul. So there are brings in the Zoyar. The Zoyar says, the Zoyar says as follows. The verse says, Shiram Ali Smiamaki from the depths. So the Zohar says, Kabbalah says, it's referring to Amika the Amikta. It knows Mimamakim, which is plural. So it's the depths of the depths. And that's called Chuva. Chuva is, the Zohar says, when you go to the depths of the depths. And the, the Rebbe brings from the previous Rebbe that explains what is the what is the depths of the depths? I mean, it's English. What does it mean practically? So it refers to the two depths of Hashem: the Ratzon Hanelam, the will which is concealed, and the Ratzon Hamuchlet Batzmusay, the will that He has totally locked up, you know, within Himself, a deep, a deeper will. Another like this, and the, the, the Friedrich explains as follows: that drawing down. From the depths of Ratzin Hanelem, the concealed will, that's by calling out from the makif of Chaya, the level of the soul, Chaya, which is a makif. We know Nefesh Ruch Nesham is premius, and we call from Chaya, that's when we reach the Ratzin Hanelem. But when we reach out from the depths of our Yechida, the depth, deepest part of our soul, the part that's called Yechila, Yechida, then we draw in from the level of Ratzon, which is Muchat, which is totally locked up, and that's how we call it out. So that's the way the Frida Gabriel explains the Zayar, which what's Shuba calling from the depths of our depths, which is calling from Chaya and Chol Yechida, which draw out Ratzon Hanelam and Ratzon HaMuchat. That's one piece of Zohar. There's another Zohar that says, another place in the Zohar says, Shir HaMalot, it doesn't use the word Mamakim, Shir HaMalot, Song of Ascents. And it doesn't say who's saying it, from what depths, etc. But it says Shir HaMalot. And the, the Zohar says, Shir HaMalot, there's a meaning company, Alma we all have to say Shir HaMalot, and doesn't use the term Mimamakim. So Rebbe explains like this. So over there the Zohar says, what do you mean, did King David say that? We know King David says, I called you to my whole heart. So, so what, what, what does it mean? <clears throat> so it means we call from the from the ikrin the chalikrin, from the, from the from the deeper from the deeper of, of the main of the main part. So what does it mean practically? This is words from the Zohar. So explain the chassidus says as follows. What the Zohar is saying is, did King David say this? What does that mean? Since he already said, I'm calling you from my whole heart. And we know the Cholibi, my whole heart is referring to the essence of our heart, Primius Alev. So why is it saying Mimakim? It's Shir Malitz. We already, you don't need to say Mimakim. It says, 
So he explains. So he explains that you have to say it me'ikra the cholikrin. What does that mean? What does me'ikra the mean? It doesn't say. We already know from the heart. So me'ikra the cholikrin explains it is referring to me'pnimius the atzmosar inside from the internal and the essence of the infinite light, and. Um, in order to draw down, we're trying to draw down from the previous atmosphere inside. How do you draw it down? So that's when you call mimamakim, which is higher than the avoid of previous alei b'cholibi. So there's avoid the b'cholibi, and there's avoid the of the of the of the of the the the, um, the the essence of our soul, which connects to the essence of Hashem. So so you see, there's two components over here in the zoyar. So the Rebbe explains as follows. In the first part of Zohar, the first part of Kabbalah, where it says Amika de Amikta is called Truva, what is he referring to? The depth of Truva, the, the depth of the depth is called Truva. He's referring to the Truva, which you're drawing in the will of Hashem that's concealed, like he explained before, and the will of Hashem, which is deeper concealed, and through the avoid of we do our part, we're awakening that what? That the will of Hashem that's that's deep. Um, uh, or, or that's concealed, get revealed, and that happens through what the, the, the repentance of Roshana says made tshuva. So Roshana says made tshuva. That's when we bring out the the hidden will to be revealed. Now, <clears throat> both these wills that we're getting to to go from a concealed place to a revealed way, a revealed place, which is Rotsam Anel and Rotsam Mukhlot, it's referring to what Rotsam which is revealed. So therefore, the avoider that causes it to happen is connected to our soul, not the deepest of our soul, the part of our soul which is connected to revealed parts. And that's why he says specifically it's what the level of Chayin Yechida, even though Chayin Yechida is pretty deep, but it's still the revealed part of our soul. We have a name for it. However, when the second part of the Zohar says Sheremal Islam, it doesn't say what level of, it doesn't, doesn't have levels there, concealed, revealed, etc. And he doesn't talk about that it's called uh, repentance, because over there he's talking about what, what, what are we trying to draw in? Rotsayin hamuchlat atzmoy, the essence of the will of Hashem, which is not connected to anything revealed. In other words, primius the atzmoy, sorry, so if the internal part and the essence of the infinite life of Hashem. Ikra the cholikrin, like the deepest of the deeps. How do you draw out the deepest of the deep? You draw it out by doing your avoidance from the essence of our soul, which is the primius, the internal part and the essence of, of, of our, our neshama. And that's why it's called Shirem Al-Astam. It's, it's pure, not because of levels. And as the Zohar says, the Mizinin Kobnei because what's the Avoida, what's our spiritual work? To draw out our, our essence of our soul, to draw in, obviously, the powers, power, most powerful level. So you see, again, the Urban brings out here that the Avoida is to connect to the essence of our soul, and that will take us to the highest level. There's obviously different levels, but the goal is to go to the highest level. Now, so based on this, Urban explains something powerful, and he says like this. Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the Avoida is Mimamakim. We're calling from the depths of our soul, which obviously is higher than the Avoida of Mimamakim, which takes place on the seven days of Truva between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Why? In other words, you have ten days of Truva, two days of Rosh Hashanah, and one day of Yom Kippur, and seven days in between. The avoid of Rosh Hashanah is much higher than the seven days in between, even though you say the same Mimamakim. It's different levels of Mimamakim, different levels of death. Why? Because the Sarasim Tshuva, what is the Sarasim Tshuva called? They're called 10 days of Tshuva. What does that mean? They are called the days of Tshuva. On the other hand, they're not called days where crowning God as a king. 
That's Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. So what's the Avoidah of the 10 days of true, which we're referring to now specifically the 7 days in between? It's referring to the depth of our soul, which is connected to the revealed part, like Chai Yechid, like we explained before. On the other hand, what's the Avoidah of Rosh Hashanah? The Avoidah of Rosh Hashanah mainly is what? Tamlichuni Aleichem. We want God, we want you, Hashem, to be our king. Not because of a reason, not because of a will, external or internal. We want, our essence of our soul wants to connect to the essence of Hashem. The avoid of mamakim are different by mamakim. The mamakim, the, the depth of the essence of our soul, which is higher than anything revealed. That's when Rosh Hashanah. The same thing also says Yom Kippur. Why? Because what's basically the power of Yom Kippur? Like we learned before and we learned in the other pretty Hasidic discourse. Yom Kippur is all about the day itself brings atonement. Which basically is connecting the essence of our soul with the essence of Hashem. So therefore the avoid of Yom Kippur is the essence of our soul which is not connected to anything revealed. So Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur resembles the essence of our soul with the essence of the infinite light of Hashem. And Rebbe goes a step further and he says like this. This avoidah, this spiritual work of the essence of our soul on Yom Kippur, that's not only connecting to Hashem, but it even has to do with the tshuva. It has to do with the repentance of Yom Kippur. And the repentance of Yom Kippur is a whole different level of repentance, which is obviously is higher, the tshuva of Yom Kippur is higher than the tshuva of the whole year, and even like we said before, the higher than, than the level of tshuva of a Sarasmei tshuva. Why is that? And Rebbe explains like this. Generally speaking, tshuva, what does it mean tshuva? You're returning to Hashem. What does that mean? That the essence of your soul is connecting with the infinite light of Hashem, but that's what causes you to do tshuva. When the essence of your soul connects to the infinite Hashem, that means you want to return to Hashem. But, but generally speaking, what's tshuva, what, does, what does tshuva mean? What's causing you to do tshuva is the essence of your soul wanting want to be connected with the essence of Hashem. But the tshuva itself, what does tshuva mean? You did something wrong. In other words, you feel bad that you went ahead and you didn't listen to Hashem and you did the opposite. And now you're taking upon yourself, from now on I'm listening to Hashem. But why am I doing tshuva? So generally speaking, it's because the essence of your soul, which is connected to the revealed part of yourself, which reaches... The Baal HaRatzayin, the owner of the will, Hashem had a Ratzayin, Hashem wanted us to do the mitzvahs, we didn't, so we're reaching Hashem, we're doing Hashem, you know what, you're the owner of the will, I'm sorry, I did something wrong, and now for now I'm going to listen to you. So really I'm connecting to what? To reveal part of Hashem, the part of Hashem that wants us to do things, the part of Hashem of me nimlach. However, when it comes, that's general tshuva, but when it comes to the tshuva of Yom Kippur, it's not about, I want to connect to the, to, the, to the owner of the will. I'm going to do your will. I'm sorry, I didn't do your will. I want to connect to you, Hashem. It's about the essence of my soul wants to connect to the essence of Hashem. So therefore, what happens on Yom Kippur is what's felt is in a revealed way is the essence of our soul, which is not because of revealed part. Yeah, no, I did. I didn't do it. I made a mistake. But I'm connecting with the essence of Hashem, which is even higher than the component of Hashem where he is the Baal HaRatzayin. So based on this, Jeremy says something very, very powerful. We know the Rambam writes that Yom Kippur is man tshuva lakoil. It's a day of atonement for everybody. So the simple translation is everyone does tshuva. 
Rebbe explains it much deeper. What does it mean it's a time for truth for everybody? It's everyone equal. Because since Yom Kippur is all about connecting the essence of our soul with the essence of Hashem, everyone's essence of our souls and the essence of Hashem are the same thing. So tshuva l'kol means it's equal. Everyone has the same tshuva on Yom Kippur. Because in the tshuva of a whole year, even the tshuva of a serious made tshuva, which has to do with different levels of the soul, nefesh, ruach, neshama, even chai yechida, has to do with the revealed part. So there's different levels of people. But on the other hand, when it comes to the tshuva of Yom Kippur, why are we doing tshuva? Because the essence of the soul is connecting the essence of Hashem. Everyone is equal. So based on this, Rebbe now brings it full circle and he explains as follows. We had a deep Hasidic discourse. We have to bring it back full circle to, to Sukkot. Even though Sukkot and Yom Kippur is connected. Rebbe says as follows. What does it say in the verse? Basukkah's teishu. Hashem is commanding us to sit in the sukkah. And we already explained, it refers to everybody is commanded to sit in the sukkah. And we already know what it means to draw down the makif hakarev imprimius. Kala ezrach Yisrael, referring to what the essence of our soul should sit, I'm giving the chesedic insight, to sit in the sukkah, which means to bring in the makif harochak even. Yeshu is sitting in the sukkah. Kiva sukkah is a shabdi because Hashem gave us a Yisrusalayla, he encouraged us, inspired us to do tshuva. Now, so the Kala Ezekh B'Yisrael Yeshua Sukkos, every essence of our soul sit in the Sukkah, <coughs> and also Kiba Sukkos is Shafti because Hashem calls us to sit in the Sukkah, that's two reasons for Basukkos Teishu. No, like this. Basukkos Teishu Shivas Yamim. Hashem is commanding us to sit in the Sukkah. That's our commandment to sit in the sukkah, which means to draw in the makif into Pemius. But there's two reasons. One is because kala ezrach be Yisrael, which we'll soon explain practically how it plays out. And the second one is because Hashem put us in the sukkah. What does that mean? And never explains. What did we learn before? What does sukkah's teishu mean? Sukkah's teishu means that we're revealing... The repentance of Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur repented, returned to Hashem, to the essence of Hashem. Yom Kippur, that's what we did, but we can't see it. What happens on Sukkot? On Sukkot, it gets revealed, the returning of Yom Kippur. Now, when it came to Tshuva on Yom Kippur, when we returned to Hashem on Yom Kippur, so there's three levels to Tshuva on Yom Kippur. There's three levels, because in order to understand what happens on the Sukkot's Teshvu, we need to know what's happening in Yom Kippur. Because Yisukkot is a revelation, is revealing what was concealed in Yom Kippur. So there's three things that happen in the, on, the, on, Yom, on Yom Kippur. One is, in terms of tshuva, when a person repents in Yom Kippur, there's three components. One is tshuva itself. A person returns to Hashem. So that's one component. The second thing that happens on Yom Kippur, there's two reasons why we, we do tshuva. Again, so what happens now in Yom Kippur is like this. One is we do tshuva, and two is there's one reason why we tshuva, and there's a second reason why we repent. In other words, as follows. When a person does tshuva, even we're talking at the level of the tshuva of Yom Kippur, basic tshuva means, tshuva means I am not the same person as before. Before I was a rebel, I was rebelling against Hashem, and now I decide I'm not rebelling against Hashem. I'm not going to not do. I'm not going to do anything negative. I am not that person. I'm a new person. The person changes, and he becomes a new person. Where did the person change? The first level, 
in reality, in the revealed part of his soul. From now on, he's going to listen to Hashem, he's going to pray, he's going to study, he's going to mitzvahis, he's not going to transgress. So the first component of tshuva is, I became a new person. That's tshuva. You become a, person, a new person. Now, why did the person change? Why do you become a new person? So there's two reasons. Reason number one is, the reason why I changed, I'm a new person, by awakening and revealing the essence of my soul, the, which component of the essence of my soul? The essence of my soul which is, which is connected to the revealed part of me. So again, so just to recap, because we're going to get deeper. The first thing is, Chuva is, I'm a new person. What caused me to new, be a new person? The first reason is, because I connected to the essence of my soul, which is connected to the revealed part of me. And the same thing also, where he applies on high. In other words, this that a person becomes reaccepted, so to speak, with Hashem, just like as if before you sinned, because when a person goes ahead and says, I'm sorry, and a person repents, so you get then a new rotsin, a new will from Hashem, who's the Baal HaRatzin. So it's connected to what? To reveal part. Now, but then there's a deeper reason why a person does tshuva. That a person feels in a revealed way that the source and the reason, the true reason for tshuva is that you're connecting the essence of your soul, which is not connected to anything revealed. You're connecting the essence of your soul with the essence of Hashem, which is much higher than Hashem being the Baal Haratzin, the owner of the will. Totally, I'm connected on the deepest level. I've explained before in depth. Okay. So again, just to recap before we now connect the sukkahs. So what happens in Yom Kippur on a spiritual level? One is I become a new person. B, I reveal the essence of my soul, which is connected and relates to the revealed part of me. And three, I, re- I, I the, what causes me to choose is I reveal the essence of my soul, which is not don't do with mitzvah, it's not mitzvah, it's the bala, with the essence of the infant alive Hashem. Those are the three things that happen. Now, that happens on, on Yom Kippur, but it's concealed. So what happens now on Sukkot? But Sukkot Teshru, which we said, you're revealing now the truth of Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur. There are three things that happen. Number one is which means there's a change, just like we changed in the first component of Tshuva, that Makiv HaKaroiv, normally it's Makiv, but it's still Karoiv, changes and the Makiv HaKaroiv gets internalized and it becomes into you in a, in a personable way. And it's calm and it's, and, and it's relaxing, etc. So the first thing that happens in Yom Kippur is, uh, uh, the first thing that happens in Sukkot is, we draw in Makiv just like the first level of Tshuva. What's the reason why it happens? The first reason is, like the Torah says clearly, because I put you in Sukkot, I took care of you, I gave you a Sukkot. What does that mean? That's a gift from above. Or in the world of world of Kabbalah, it's called the Shrus of the Layla, an awakening from above. Like we explained before, that when a person has an awakening from below to do tshuva, and a person changes, what happens is you awaken the revealed will of Hashem. Even though our wanting to do tshuva and, and the will of Hashem is obviously much greater, Hashem gives us much more. But the fact is, it's not it's not it's it's not because of our will. In other words, but it has some kind of connection to the world. 
in other words, it's not Hashem is the one that it's not like we cause it to happen. Hashem doesn't because we do true. Hashem doesn't forgive us, but Hashem chose that when a person does true, but He's going to go ahead and forgive them. So in other words, like this. So the same thing what happens by Sukkot Teishvu that the change that takes place in the Makiv Akarayv, that the Makiv becomes beprimious and, and, and becomes internalized and, and it comes in a way where it's calm and peaceful, because Hashem gave us, put us in the sub, which means it's Rusa which means we draw in from the, from the infinite light of Hashem, and on that level there's no difference between Makiv and Primi, and Makiv can get internalized. Just like when a person does tshuva, you draw in a new, a new light from the infinite light of Hashem. So that is the first reason for tshuva. And that's connected to what? Yisruf Sallayla. And that's what happens by Sukkot Shafti. There's another reason why by Sukkot Teishu, that means after you're changed, you're able to draw in Makav Akarev in Bepremius. Because Kala Ezrach be Yisrael Yeshua Sukkot. And we already learned what is Ezrach be Yisrael referring to the essence of our soul. And the essence of the soul draws in from the essence of the infinite line of Hashem, which is drawing in Makif HaRochik. And others like this. This, that, you're able to take not only Makif HaKarev, which is Basukas Teshu, but Makif HaRochik, the most powerful infinite light, Makif, hovers over, and you're able to internalize it. That's something you cannot do as an action. Because Makif HaRochoik is connected to, like we learned before, the level of Loy Adam. It's connected, it's beyond. You can't go take Makif HaRochoik and make a change. It's in the level of Loy Adam. You can't go ahead and do anything to it. You can't change it. But, when Kala Ezrach be Yisrael, when the essence of the Neshama is sitting in the Sukkah, so then the Makif HaRochoik comes in automatic. Why? Because the essence of our soul is connected to the essence of the infinite light of Hashem. And based on the story explains something so powerful. That's why it says, Kala Ezrach be Yisrael, All the residents are referring to the essence of Shama is going to sit in the sukkah. And we know what does it say in, what does it say in the Talmud? That all the Jewish people are capable of sitting in one big sukkah. Can you imagine the whole world, all the Jews from all over the world sitting in one sukkah? How can you sit in one sukkah? And the answer is because on this level, when you're dealing with the essence of the soul, and you're dealing with the essence of the infinite light of Hashem, Everybody's equal. Everybody's one. And you can all sit in the same one sukkah. And that's just like we say that the essence of the day of Yom Kippur atones, the third level of Yom Kippur. In other words, when you connect to the internal part of the neshama, with the internal part of Hashem, there's no, there's no, there's no transgression to begin with. And just like Yom Kippur, the essence of the day is revealed by doing what? By doing tshuva. We have to do our part. We do tshuva. And the tshuva that we do is felt because you connect the essence of our soul with the essence of Hashem. The same thing also. When the essence of our soul goes into the sukkah, that causes basukah's teishu. So sukkah is very, very powerful. Just by going into the, the sukkah, not just physically going in there, but allowing your soul Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chai, Yechida, that expresses itself in the Sukkah. Allowing the soul which is connected to the Baal Harotzin, which is the, it's a deeper part. And then allowing literally the essence of the essence of your soul, which is totally connected to the one of Hashem. You draw in Makiv HaRochoik, Makiv HaKarev, you draw in all the levels. Now, but to make, take it a step deeper, Dervis says, Basukah's Teshvu is, 
Makav Akarv comes into the Sukkah. So how does Makav Akarv come into the Sukkah? It's still a Makav. How does it become it Bepinimius and how does it become it Bishyashlis? That's because, because of Kala Ezrach B'Yisrael, Yeshua Sukkos. Since the essence of our soul connects to the infinite part of Hashem, that causes Makav HaRachag to be able to be internalized, and by doing, by creating that the Makav HaRachag can be internalized, which is connecting the essence of our, of our soul with the essence of Hashem, that allows the change to take place that even Makif HaKarev could be internalized in a deep and meaningful, powerful way. Obviously, this is a very, very powerful Hasidic discourse. Very deep. I have to learn it a few times. I, I learned it myself several times. But I think the lesson here is a very, very practical and beautiful, powerful lesson. Many, many powerful points. First of all, I hope that Sukkah is going to be totally different. When you're going to go into the Sukkah, you're going to feel Makif HaKarev coming, Bepremius, Bishashvos, Makif HaRochev coming in. But that all comes by us doing Aravoida, by Sukkah station. You have to go into the Sukkah. It all depends how you go in. If you go in, just the body goes in and you eat, okay, that's what you're going to walk out with. But if you bring your neshama into the sukkah, you bring the depths of your neshama into the sukkah, and you bring the depths and the depths of your soul into the sukkah, you will connect to the greatest depths of Hashem, and you'll allow miracles to happen. That not only makiv akarai, but makiv harachik will be felt the premiums, the yashvas. How it works, we just want, we don't know how it works. And it's not something which we can't comprehend. But when we do our part by bringing our neshama into the sukkah, we'll be blessed to have the greatest blessings. And let's hope and pray by having all these powerful blessings that the concealed is going to come revealed. Hashem will reveal to us and will bring us to Mashiach, with Mashiach Tzidkenu to Yerushalayim Ira Kodesh. And next class will be in Yerushalayim Ira Kodesh. Have a great and blessed week and have a happy sukkah. Thank you for joining us.